And we're live for a very special episode of Athletic Insights. We're joined today by NFL athlete and current Cleveland Brown, Ely Anku. Ely, how are you doing today? Doing good, Zach. How about yourself? Well, much better now that we got up and running on the uh, the podcast here. Um, so for those at home listening, uh, Athletic Insights is a a resource for youth sports athletics organizations, coaches, parents, and young athletes looking to get a glimpse in behind the scenes of elite athletics and what that really looks like. So, Eli, before we get too deep into this, why don't you just take a moment to introduce yourself? Uh, yeah, sure thing. Uh, my name is Ilianku. Uh, I'm actually an athlete from uh, the city of Ottawa. Um, you know, grew up, um, you know, kind of near Herringate Mall area and then moved out to Orleans um, and somehow ended up in the U.S. of A. So, um, really glad to be here. Um, really glad to be doing this. Um, yeah. No, for sure. We, we really appreciate your time. Um, one of the things that this podcast is designed to do is to, um, to share your story and also to, to show kids in Ontario and, and Canada and Ottawa and wherever that, you know, the big dreams they have growing up, they're, they're real possibilities and you're, and you're living, breathing proof of that. So, we're going to touch base on all the all the wonderful things you've been able to do so far with sports. But before we get into that, why don't you just give us a little insights into what your youth sports experience entailed? Yeah, sure. Um, you know, it's funny. I, I actually didn't start playing football till I want to say, 13, 14 years old. Um, it, it really came up randomly. I had a couple of friends telling me I should try it. Uh, a couple of family friends, you know, hey, you should get into football and all that. You're a big kid. Um, I didn't really take it to, too much to heart, I guess, until, uh, until that point. Um, you know, I, I didn't even know what a fumble was when I was playing <laughs> football in the schoolyard with some friends. Um, so, you know, I guess it's just one of those things. I kind of just picked it up, you know, just randomly. And then, you know, one thing leads to another, and then you start realizing that you're kind of, you know, falling in love with the game. Um, and that, I think that's what it's all about is, is for me is it was a difference between, you know, liking the game. I, I like playing it, but I also loved everything that came with it. Um, you know, so eventually, uh, I started, you know, playing peewee football with the Cumberland Panthers. Um, we went off to play OVFL and the CAFA, um, and then eventually, you know, St. Peter's high school, um, and Sooners and, you know, a couple clubs here and there, but. Uh, one thing that definitely, you know, changed the career path for me as a kid was meeting um, this. I don't know, he's probably like 21 at the time, Victor Dodondo. And, you know, he started this whole this whole thing, Gridiron Academy. But it was in its infancy at that point. Um, and, yeah, he pulled me aside. He was just like, hey, I think you could take this to the next level. And, you know, um, started training. We We would go to the... He would sneak me in, actually, to the Ottawa U uh, weight room, <laughs> and we would, uh, <laughs> we would just start lifting. You know, I'm like, yeah, 14 at that point, 14, 15 maybe. Um, and then, you know, it just uh, developed into something bigger and obviously uh, a really good friendship with him, and uh, he's kind of doing his own thing in Ottawa now. Yeah, for sure. Do you want to touch base a little bit about um, what the Gridiron Academy is and, and what sort of things that they're doing right now? Yeah, sure. Um, so, Victor. Um, Really great guy. Uh, the one thing is, I'll, I'll give him though his his one, I guess his one Achilles heel is he he over he tends to overwork himself, and he he you know it's tough for him to give himself some time. Um, 
But with that being said, you know, that has led him to create this. I mean, I'm just looking at it now, you know, from an outside perspective. And that thing is that the whole organization that he's he's created at this point, it's 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 become a machine is what it is. You know, you got kids uh, going in and he's making sure that, you know, they have they're keeping their grades up. Um, they're showing up to training and kind of just modeling young men for the future. And I think, you know, in in the beginning when we were doing it, obviously it was a more of a raw program, but I think now he's got it really down to a science. Um, but basically what it is, is he's developing athletes, you know, whether it's football or basketball or lacrosse, you know, there's a couple of baseball players that came through. Um, it's mostly just building habits for kids and, and building and inst- uh, instilling a sort of regiment to be able to carry that over into, you know, adulthood or college or whatever it may be. Um, if a kid ends up getting a scholarship for football or whatever sport, good for them. But at the end of the day, I think his goal is really just um, instilling good habits for the building, future. building better people. Exactly. Um, that's exactly that's, what it is. That's exactly what my company is doing here in Brockville. So obviously mm-hmm. about an hour from Ottawa, same yep. concept, same um, concept, post-secondary prep, athletic development, build better mm-hmm. people, same thing. So, very, very cool. Um, and one thing we're going to touch really briefly on before we get too deep in is I know you probably actually, you met my buddy Trent Corney through Grenada <laughs> Academy, right? Absolutely, yeah. It was so, so random, man. What, what was that like training with, uh, training with him? Because one thing <laughs> I remember about the both of you actually was yeah. when you were in grade 12, there was yeah. the CFC top 100 ranking. Yeah. And I, and I believe it was you, Trent, and then a running back. We're the top three, one, two, three. Yeah. Um, and you guys were both in the Ottawa area training together. So yeah. what was that experience like? And, and what was it like to have somebody like on your level there to be able to push you when you were in high school? I'll tell you what. Um, to say that we're on the same level of athleticism is is totally inaccurate. That guy is an absolute monster. He's, he's insane. Uh, <laughs> and I tried my best to keep up with him athletically, man, but – after a certain point, I kind of just realized he's his own little – he's his own monster, man. So yeah. props to him for, for doing all that. Um, no, so basically the way we met was uh, we were just in the Dome, uh, Louis Riel, in the Dome over there. And um, I just so happened to be training with Victor and a couple of other guys. Um, and suddenly I just see this, you know – I mean, at the time, you're like, what, 16, 17, and you see this like 6'3 Goliath just – moving down the track like it's nothing and he's just gliding through and i was like damn he's fast um so a couple of us are like hey you want to race we could race and then <laughs> we end up racing and this guy just blows us out of the water i was like that is incredible um so obviously that that led to a a great friendship um he ended up joining us for um a few uh, trips to the u.s um for some seven on seven tournaments uh some combines and whatnot and I mean, that was a, the, the start of something great. Um, but, yeah, I, he ended up going to the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, I believe, uh, in the CFL. Right. And now he's, he's kind of doing his thing now. But tell you what, man, he's, he's one of those guys that you definitely, you know, look to whenever you need some, some uh, inspiration for the weight room. Um, nothing but good things to say about him. Um, but, yeah, yeah. For sure. So when did uh, when did things with football ramp up for you and what did your recruiting process look like? So I imagine you had gotten interest from 
basically every Canadian school. But when mm. did you realize that this is something that you could take past past Canada? Well, um, it, it's funny. It's funny you mentioned that. Let's just, and, and this might be more of on a dark note to start with. Sure. But... No. Well, one of the things, Eli, is that what we want to mm. do here is we want to take the mask away and just be like really honest. Yeah, so for you know, sure, do your thing and tell us how it really was. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, it started, I mean, it started pretty much the, the, the seed was planted when I was talking to coach Victor and there was a couple of guys in Toronto as well that were doing a, a similar program. His name was Godfrey Lewis and Matthew Marquardt. But anyways, um, you know, as soon as that idea was instilled in my head, you know, you can make NCAA, you can go to the U S and get yourself a scholarship. Um, it's weird because that idea wasn't common in, in Ottawa. So a lot of times you would have, you know, older people, I won't name any names. That's not really my goal, but right. You know, some coaches here and there, some people that are like, you're wasting your time. Um, you should stay in Canada. Um, I think those dreams are a little bit lofty. Um, and you know, you're always going to get that. You're going to get people who don't see the same thing you do. And that's okay. Um, but at the end of the day, it's really just believing in what you can do and, and just manifesting it. So, you know, things, things started ramping up really in, I would say, junior year of high school. Um, I had started going to combine, started making a name for myself. You know, the guy who's just beating everyone in one-on-ones, you know, um, and, and it was fun. Um, but, you know, the scholarship started rolling in. Um, you know, a little bit later after that in the spring. And, you know, it, it's funny because I look at the younger guys now getting scholarships and it's great that they're getting so many, but I feel like they can really disconnect yourself from reality a little bit, right? You start okay. to believe that you're larger than life. You're, you know, you're getting all this attention, but at the end of the day, it's just a matter of keeping yourself grounded whenever all of that happens because it can get, it can actually get to your head so quick. So, so quick. And that's something that kids don't understand is the attention will really only last so long. Um, so that was definitely a hurdle, um, you know, going into my senior year is you're getting all this attention as a Canadian kid, which is really good. And yep. it, it's great. But at the same time, you have to remind yourself that you need to keep your core values in check um, because otherwise you're, you're going to you're basically going to self-destruct. Um, I don't care how, you know how big of an athlete you are and this and that, if your mental um, capabilities aren't in line with what you're trying to do, then, then there's no point really trying to do it. Um, but For yeah, sure. I mean, they, they took off, uh, you know, eventually I got my offer from UCLA. Um, it was my first offer. And I believe that that was definitely the spot I wanted to go to. So I ended up having a great career over there. Obviously some hurdles um, at the time with injuries and whatnot, but you know, we came out of it and here we are. How did you how did you navigate all that attention you were getting? So like I know you said there was some some negative aspects to it, but mm-hmm. how how did you and your family navigate all the attention you were getting at such a such a young age? And um, like you said, it doesn't happen that often in, in Ontario and Ottawa mm-hmm. and Canada, but it does happen. So yeah, um, how, what was some advice that you would want to pass on in terms of just navigating that sort of attention? Well, yeah, um, so sometimes people have this misconception that once they start getting attention, they should start doing stuff differently. They should start, you know, bringing some, some random 
I guess, ideology that they just thought of on the spot because suddenly you know, things are different. But that's not the case. Um, whenever you start getting attention like that, that's just a reaffirmation that you should be doing what you've been doing. There's nothing. It's not rocket science. You've been working hard. You've been doing all these things to expose yourself. And now, you know, it's coming into fruition. So to say I need to change it up, I don't think that's the case. You just need to stick to your core values. Keep stick to what got you somewhere. And right. um, obviously right. you can model it and, and obviously you can change your ideas a little bit, but you are where you are for a reason, you know? Um, so, yeah. Yeah. Use it, use it as fuel to, like you said, to just kind of like reaffirm the things you're doing and yeah. to continue to do those things. It's simple, yeah. right? Yeah, exactly. It's, it's, it's sleep, it's food, yep. it's training. It's a, it's all the things that, you know, not everyone mm-hmm. wants to do every day, but, the athletes 100%. who can just do those like the, this is what i always say to the young kids the days where you don't want to train is mm-hmm. the day you need to go and train yeah because that's that's where you're going to separate yourself because yeah. everyone it's easy to train when you're motivated motivation yes. comes in waves for athletes yeah you know the season ends in in the nfl and then you have an off season like the first two months you're grinding you can't mm-hmm. fall off in, in the third month right you no, gotta you, cannot. you gotta keep that same energy you right especially at your level there's somebody yeah. coming every year yeah. right and, um, you know, at that age, just, just a quick little thought. Um, at that age, basically the, the rule of thumb is what you want to avoid is the fact that results breed complacency. You don't want to be in a spot where you're getting results and suddenly you feel like you can relax. You can't. <laughs> and that's the reality of, of that is it doesn't stop. Um, yeah. You're tricking yourself if you believe that. You have to keep pushing. Like, the the guys that I know who made it next level and who are still playing sports, they're the guys yeah. that just, they just didn't stop. That's yeah. it. They just they 100%. just kept doing the the same things they've been doing since they were twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen years old. Right. Agreed. Yep. Um, and then obviously, you know, as you become more successful, you're able to surround yourself with more knowledgeable uh, coaches and access mm-hmm. to to everything and, and whatnot. But yep. Um, why don't you just tell us a little bit about your time at uh, UCLA as a Bruin? So, um that was actually when I really started to kind of follow your story a little bit, because mm-hmm. I obviously, I kind of knew who you were through Trent yeah. and I don't even, I don't know if you remember this, but in high school, in my grade 11 or 12 year, mm-hmm. I play, I was a double A, we were a double A high school and I believe yeah. you were, you were triple A or quad A, maybe triple A in Ottawa. Uh, what school did you go to? St. Mark's? BCI, BCI, okay, BCI. Brockville. Okay, we yeah, were yeah, a yeah. red team and we oh, came man. up. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I know. Yeah. You remember. Okay. <laughs> yeah, so, so uh, we came up to play you guys for a preseason yep. tune-up game. We were, we were a very competitive 2A school, mm-hmm. and you were a very competitive 3A school. And we just kind of wanted to get ready because we had to go through TIS, which yeah. was a 3A, 3A school where Trent played. So we wanted mm-hmm. a, a tune-up game. And uh, it was kickoff return, and I had got the ball, and I went right through my wedge. And you, I, you hit me. You came <laughs> right, right around the bend, and you got me right in the midsection. And, uh, and I, I had, I don't know if you remember this. I had never been hit like that before. My awesome. upper body, my upper body bent around you. <laughs> my, my lower body also bent up into you. And I, and I was just said, okay, wow. You know, there is wow. levels to this, you know? <laughs> wow. And then that's when you really got put on my radar. I was like, who is this guy? And I want to <laughs> keep following him. So I always just kind of had my eye on you and your career. And, yeah. and once you hit UCLA and I was. Uh, watching some of your games and whatnot, I was like, yeah, th- this guy's going next level. Like, <laughs> no doubt in my mind. So you know what? 
I don't mind that I got lit up by a football <laughs> player. I will take that on my chest. You know what I mean? Dude, I am so sorry. <laughs> no, 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 no. You no, I That's pre- great. Um, yeah. It was just uh just a, a quick little tidbit there, but um, you know, it's funny. I think I do remember that moment. Um, no doubt. <laughs> man. Okay. Yeah. That, that, that brings everything together because it's funny. I, I've had flashes of that moment every now and again, you know, you have random plays where you just remember stuff and that just so happened to be one of them. So thank you for that memory. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, man. I, for sure. But um, yeah, let's just go to uh, UCLA. So what uh, I know you had mentioned that that was your first offer. You must've had others coming in shortly after, but what oh, yeah. uh, what drew you down there other than the weather? And what was your experience like when you got to UCLA? Well, um, so what drew me down to UCLA other than the weather? One, um, <laughs> obviously, you know, it was a turnaround program. Um, the coaching staff was kind of, you know, uh, changing up a little bit, uh, which, you know, it, it looked like it was heading in the right direction, which it was. Um, two, it was the campus, the school, um, the academic program. You know, you, I, can, I can name off the list. You're in L.A. You have all this stuff going on around you. You know, it's just this whole new place that you can just explore while you're, you know, out away from home. Um, another part of me kind of wanted to, I guess, force myself to grow faster. Um, so I, it was one spot that was, I mean, you're talking about far away from home. You're on the opposite side of the continent, you know, in the south. So it's, it's completely, you know, on the other side from Ottawa. Um, so it, it was, it was just a, a nice little refresher to, to go out in, in a completely different environment and kind of just explore and, and, you know, figure myself out. Um, but in terms of, uh, my career, once I got to UCLA, um, my first year I redshirted and, you know, I guess a lot of kids have this misconception that redshirt is a bad thing. You know, it's, it's actually a pretty decent thing. Um, it is a blessing. Oh, hundred percent. An extra year of school. Like, <laughs> are you kidding me? Um, and then you get to prepare even more for the next season. Uh, I, I don't know. For me, I think it was a really good thing. Um, and then obviously went into my second year, started playing right at the end of the season. And next thing you know, you're going into your junior, um, redshirt junior year, and then your senior year. Um, so, you know, things, things were actually going pretty well. Uh, there was a couple of bumps throughout college and, you know, a few times where I could just, could have just decided to, you know, throw in the towel and just call it. Do you want to? Do you want to touch base on those for us? Yeah, sure. Um, so my first injury, uh, second year of college, um, this is during practice and I get cut block and my knee completely gives out. That thing is gone. And I thought it was my ACL. I thought that was, you know, it was done. I'm going to be out for nine months. So it turns out it was my MCL and a meniscus. Um, so I had to get surgery on that. Um, you know, definitely one of the tough, tough parts of my life is dealing with my first big injury, you know. You think it's the end of the world. You think, you know, suddenly the world is upside down and this and that. But at the end of the day, you know, I was a second year in college. Things were fine. It's, you know, it's just sometimes things like that happen. That's part of the sport. Um, Second big injury. um, You know, I had my AC joint on my shoulder give out. Somebody just hit it and my shoulder just goes backwards. And, you know, suddenly you can't lift your arm and that's going out. Um, Then you got you know, the medical staff giving you injections for, you know, the pain because it's so bad you can't even lift your arm and that completely gets rid of it for, you know, probably like an hour and a half. But anyways, um, third one, broken wrist that I suffered exactly around the same time as the knee, but didn't diagnose it till later. Um, you know, so now I have a screw in my wrist that I took care of in, I want to say 15 or 16. Um, and then a elbow 
dislocation uh, my last few games of the season um, at UCLA. So all that to say pretty much your chances of getting hurt in football are pretty much 100%. <laughs> there's, no, there's no way around it. Um, it's just one of those things you have to keep yourself mentally checked in because it, it gives you plenty of reasons to start questioning yourself, questioning your, you know, your career choice or what you, what you may want. Um, but for me, you know, I recovered, I'm good to go. Um, you know, as far as everlasting damage, I'm sure I'm going to have a, a good little visit to the doctor in a few years <laughs> to get all these things squared away. But again, that's, that's part of the sport and that's the price you pay. Um, and you know, it, it, it sucks. Um, but that's literally the reality of it for sure. And speaking on injuries and perseverance and whatnot, mm-hmm. I ask, I ask every guest on the show, um, you know, what is your internal motivation? Like, what's your why? Not just in sports, but in life. What keeps you moving and motivated when you do have those those negative thoughts and those injuries and that rehab and all mm-hmm. that? You know, it's funny you ask that um, because, you know, you, you figure out your why. And then suddenly, you know, as time goes, your why is kind of changed, and that's okay. Um, you know, when I first got my injury, why? Um, I would probably say that, Ili Anku back in 2013, his why would have been um, trying to make dreams a reality for himself and trying to build a future. Um, if you're looking at Ili from, you know, today, my why is a little less self-driven and more towards um, my family and building a name. And um, yeah, it, it's, it's weird. And I'm sure in a few years you ask me the same question and that'll change. Um, I think that's part of, that's the beauty of, of, you know, having your, I guess your, your own, being your own person is sometimes these, these things change. Um, so I would say it's a mix of, you know, family. Uh, it's a mix of wanting to build a future. It's a mix of, you know, being told I was not able to do something and then finally just throwing it in people's faces, but not in a blatant, <laughs> you know, blatant way, obviously. No, I, no, I, no. I, I, I can, I completely understand. So for me, my why was simple when I was, like you said, back to back to end of high school, early mm-hmm. college, coming from Brockville where there's no recruiting, I just wanted mm-hmm. to know if I was good enough. That was yeah. it. Mm-hmm. And like you say now, as you get older and you mature and you kind of step away, mm-hmm. for me now, it's exactly, I'm, I'm just trying to build something, start my life, have 100%. a family, provi- provide for that family, yeah. and, and then just give those, give my kids in the future, you know, opportunities yeah. that I might not have had. That's, that's 100%. You know? So I know 100%. what you mean. I 100% me know what you mean when you say uh, it's going to change. It's it's ever changing. It's just mm-hmm. really important to constantly check in with yourself every once yes. in a while. You know what's what's pushing me right now. What do I need to be working on as a person, as an athlete? Um, Absolutely, all, all that stuff. So I couldn't agree more with you there. But, <laughs> Absolutely. Um, before we get too far, ask you about what did the process for you look like when you were at UCLA? So what was your recipe to success? Recipe to success. Um, One, keep your grades up, no matter what it takes. Um, Obviously, within the bounds of like (laughs) academic (laughs) integrity or what have you, but um, make sure your grades are up because you can't have good grades, you can't play. That's just simple as it is. Um, Two, exactly as we just talked about, know your why. Know what you're doing it for because I'll tell you what, it'll be one of the hardest things in your life to get up every single morning at 5 a.m. just to go run down a field 
and the field is all due, it's cold or hot, whichever, you know, depending on where you live, and you're doing a two-hour workout, then you got to go to class, then you got to come back for another workout, you got to go to class again, and then you're not really done with your day till about 9 p.m. Then, guess what? You're going to do the same thing the next morning. So it's, it's one of those things that you really have to stay mentally checked into what you're doing and who you are and exactly what your reasons are because – one thing I did notice being in college is not everyone can do it. It's not easy. It is not easy. It, it has right. its perks and it's great. And, you know, you get to have a free education or what, what have you for, for my case, but nothing about it will be easy. And it's just, just one of those things, man. It's just mental strength. Um, yep. Just keep that up. And like you said, it's so important to know your why, because once you pinpoint it, everything else becomes easy. Mm-hmm. Or I should say easier when you know your why and yeah. what you want. Yeah, the workouts are easier. Mm-hmm. They're enjoyable. The process mm-hmm. becomes fun. You love the process, yeah. and then that translates in time. Mm-hmm. And you're gonna get in what you put. Mm-hmm. You're gonna get out what you put in. Exactly. Um, one thing that you know, ki- I would say kids from 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 Canada um, tend to, I guess, not know, and that's something that Victor and I talked about a few times. Is a lot of these kids in the U.S., when they go to college, they have their why. You look at you know, a lot of these kids getting these scholarships, mostly it's not going to be, you know, some kid raised in the suburbs. There, there will be those kids. It's not, it's not like it's, a, it's, you know, cut and dry. It's going to be, you know, not kids from the suburbs. But, right. but it's notice, those guys who are fighting, man. It's those 100%. dogs. Are, they're trying to change their future for their family. Exactly. A lot of those people don't have much. And they see an opportunity. They will do literally whatever it takes to be able to change their circumstance. And that's the difference right now that I believe is, you know, between a lot of Canadian kids in general versus kids in the U.S. So with that being said, you have to know your why, set yourself apart from literally everyone and figure out how you're you're going to grind and literally put in the hours. Because a lot of times we're given we're given a lot. Um, for me, you know, my parents, we, we grew up in a, a more disadvantaged community growing up, but they, you know, they put in the effort and got us to, you know, a new uh, area in Ottawa, a lot less violent, a lot less trouble. But a lot of times kids are born into that and they are kind of just comfortable with their environment. And they, that's just what they know, which is fine. There's nothing wrong with that. Don't believe for a second that you being born in a more advantaged community is a bad thing. It is not. But just realize that the pe- people you're competing against are coming from a very different mental state of mind. They have nothing and they will do everything to get everything. So that's the people you're competing against when you're applying for the job that you're looking for. Um, yeah, I actually had the privilege of meeting your parents at, um, it was an Ottawa Sooners game. It was either this summer or last summer. And I just I, I saw the Bruins hat and I and I just had to ask and uh, <laughs> I chatted chatted with them briefly. Very nice people, um, but I just wanted to ask you what was the transitional, uh, what were the transitional phases like from going um, from I think you went to a prep school for a year after high school. Um, yes, Is, well, it yeah, wasn't and, a prep and, school; it was actually a high school, um, right? But it was a. <laughs> It was Red Lion Christian Academy. It was a high school in Delaware. And um, 
it was basically, I mean, shoot, they were recruiting a bunch of people from, from out of state and it was, it was a good program, you know, um, going into it. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was basically a factory. You have a bunch of guys going to college, literally half the roster was going to a division one, uh, college program. So it was one of those deals where, you know, that was the expectation over there. Um, you had David Sills who ended up getting a, you know, scholarship offer at like 13 years old to go to USC as a quarterback. Uh, eventually he became a receiver and now he's playing for the New York giants, I believe, um, as a, as a receiver. Um, but yeah, I mean that the, the, the roster was stacked. Um, it was one of those deals, but it wasn't a prep school per se. Um, okay. Gotcha. That it was, it was a high school. Um, prep school is more of it steps away from, from high school. And it's more preparation for college, but it's, it's very vague in terms of the differences because you could literally go to a prep school as a high schooler. Um, it, it's just, it's very, you know, left and right on these, <laughs> on these things. For sure. Um, so yeah, what was the transitional stage like going from that high school to UCLA and then finally from UCLA to the NFL? Mm-hmm. Um, well, it's mostly just um, being able to stay on top of your work. Um, with high school going on to UCLA, you're not used to the workload you're going to get. Um, and so everything becomes regimented. The way you eat, the way you sleep, everything becomes it, – it's literally almost like the military, but on, obviously on a lesser level than, than the military itself. Um, but you're going to have full days. Whereas high school, you know, you're going to class, you're enjoying life. You got practice after school. You're good to go. You know, if it's off season, you might have a workout here and there. Every, you know, every two days you might have a workout. Um, but college, it's an everyday thing. Um, and then going to the pros, uh, it, it's a weird, it's a weird thing because your first year is going to be your hardest, most difficult year. Your first year is, you know, it's packed with everything. You have the combine if you're going to that, your pro day. You're preparing to go to, to camp for the first time. Then you do rookie camp. You got OTAs. You get maybe like um, you know, like a month off, but you're pretty much working out the whole time because you have to be ready for camp. Then you got the whole season. Um, and you know, that's just it's just a packed, a packed timeline. But one thing to, you know, after that is managing your time in the off season. So let's say for me right now, um, you know, obviously you want to have your couple weeks off after the season is done, but you don't want to let yourself go and kind of just bask in comfortability. Um, you have to keep yourself in shape. You have to make sure you're eating right. You have to make sure that you're, te- you're staying on top of whatever got you there. And that's my mentality right now. Um, so it's going to be little changes here and there between, um, between each stage. But at the end of the day, um, your mentality is what, what keeps you in the game. For sure. What are your goals moving forward with football? And have you had a moment? Um, have you had a moment yet where you've kind of just taken a taken a breath, taken a step back, and said like, "Wow, like I've accomplished something really special here, and I'm proud of myself." Or is that still in the future for you? I, it's funny. I, I was talking about that with someone just the other night, and uh, you know, you you're so locked in to everything you're doing and everything's moving at a hundred miles an hour. I could have swore. I could have swore. I just got to UCLA with my two bags and my parents following me and we couldn't even find the dorm rooms. We're just walking around campus aimlessly with a couple bags. I could have swore that happened yesterday. And all of a sudden, 
you know, for me, it was literally, I just bought a new house in Jacksonville. Um, you know, and, and, you know, it's a, re- it's, a, it's a nice house. It's not what I'm used to. Um, and I guess I haven't really taken the time to kind of just take it in, you know, um, everything is kind of just going so fast. Um, yeah, I guess that's probably one of the things I should work on at this point, you know, is being able to kind of just take in the moment, um, and just, just yeah, bask in it for a second. <laughs> Absolutely. I think that's something everybody struggles with, whether you're a professional athlete or, Absolutely. you know, or you, or you work, you know, in a day-to-day job. Absolutely. Um, you know, it goes fast and, and it's important to, to breathe and be in the yes. moment sometimes, but absolutely. Um, but yeah, what are your, what are your goals with football? Obviously goals with football. So you're, you're playing, you're playing in Cleveland right now. Yes. You're an NFL athlete. You're around uh, Baker Mayfield and Odell yeah. Beckham Jr. <laughs> like, so, you know, what, yeah, what are you looking, looking well, to do? My goals in football right now, um, well, here's number one, is to sign my second contract. Right now, I'm still on a rookie contract, which uh, will expire after next season. And then the next step is getting your, your second contract. That's a big cornerstone for a lot of you know professional football players is to be able to get to that point. Um, so that's going to be a big one for me. Um, second goal will be production this year. You know, you always want to be a more productive player than you were the previous year. So I think that's going to be a big point of emphasis for me is working towards that. Um, obviously, uh, let's say, yeah, I mean, it, it's really, it really just comes down to production and being able to get your second contract. <laughs> it really, Very fair. Just to keep it simple, really. And I got to ask, I've had a couple people bugging me this week once I told them uh, who I was having on, but what is it like to be around a guy like Odell? Um, well, I'll tell you what, so just, just to start this off, um, Odell, um, one of the, one of the nicest people I've met, um, so far, um, he, you know, one of, was actually one of the first people to welcome me in the new locker room when I, when I came in, um, you know, came and introduced himself. Hey, I'm Ely, um, yeah, if you need anything, just let me know. And he made it a point to kind of just, you know, break the ice, um, and kind of just welcome uh, I guess the new person in the locker room, um, which I found really good, but you know, that's, that goes along with a lot of, a lot of names um, in, in football, you know, um, that's, that's one thing I do admire is as a community, I think football is a, it's, it's a good thing. Everybody's supportive of each other. There might be a couple, you know, people here and there that kind of just don't like each other necessarily, but at the end of the day, everyone's in it for the same goal. And that, that allows you to, I guess, be able to communicate with people a little bit better. So just as Odell welcomed me, um, I had, ju- uh, you know, everyone else welcoming me as well um, with open arms onto the team. Uh, everybody kind of has an understanding of what, what it is at this point you know, in terms of careers. Um, you know, anything goes, uh, anything can happen at any point in time. So everyone's kind of just uh, making it, uh, I guess, a point to be positive towards one another. So. And- yeah, I think I think, and it was, like there's levels to it. Like, so I obviously just played youth uh, sports in Canada, but once you get to that level, you know the other guys there, they're gonna they're gonna make you earn the respect during mm-hmm. training camp. But once you have it, they understand what it took to get there. So there's that mutual respect. 100%. And it's gotta be it's gotta be the same thing when you get to the NFL. Yeah, Absolutely. they're gonna make they're gonna make you work for that that respect, but they know what you've already done to get where you are. So mm-hmm. there's already that brotherhood in place. So absolutely. Um, I, I really agree with you there. Um, mm-hmm. So I have another question for you. Um, there's uh, 
there's a young athlete in Ottawa. He just moved to Ottawa last year. I've been working with him since he's 12. Big fan of you. He's a defensive end. He might end up getting moved to tackle in the future. Mm. He's he's gotten all the attention from the Canadian schools, and, and we've all got our Good fingers cro- fingers crossed that uh, a couple American schools are going to come come calling. Yep. But but now the question comes: What advice would you give to yourself when you were going into grade eleven? Advice to give to myself going into grade eleven. Um, Things change fast. If you're not getting attention today, the, the attention that you want, keep grinding, keep working. Expose yourself. Don't work aimlessly. Work with a purpose. Um, and things change overnight. You could have zero offers for whatever your goal is today, and all of a sudden your phone line just blows up the next day. So keep doing what you're doing. Um, you know, Stay within your habits. Work extremely hard. And make sure to put your name out there. Um, because if you don't put your name out there, nobody will. Um, you're you're going to have people helping you, which is ob- absolutely an extension of yourself. But don't think for a second that you just playing is going to be enough. You have to get your name out there some way, somehow. Um, yeah. Perfect. Perfect. And <laughs> then, uh, no, that's awesome. He's going to appreciate that. And um, <laughs> the last thing I have for you here is what – um, what do you want young athletes to know who, who look up to you, whether it's they're football players or they're playing another sport and they just want to be the best they can possibly be in life, but also in sport? Yeah. Um, so one thing I would say is, you know, where I'm at now, obviously I'm not, I'm not, I'm not done with my journey. My journey is going to keep going. Um, hopefully, knock on wood, obviously. Um, it's going to keep going. I'm not done growing. And a lot of times kids, you know, obviously they, they idolize their, their favorite pro athlete or idolize someone that has, has gotten somewhere. So for me, you know, obviously I've made it to the NFL and now I'm working for my own goals. But I, what I would tell someone is that I was exactly in their shoes, you know, what was it like a decade ago? No, a, a decade yeah. ago, I was exactly in their shoes, looking at the older players, kind of looking at what they do. And what, what I want them to realize is that we come from the same place. Literally, all I did was create habits that would put me in the best position for success. So literally, if you are mentally strong enough, if you have good habits, anyone could, can do this. Whether it's in football, whether it's in, let's say you want to go into video editing, you want to be an artist, you want to do whatever it may be. Anyone can do it with enough effort and enough exposure and enough you know just putting the work in um a lot of times you look at someone's success and you don't realize how much they actually put into what they're doing for me you know getting to this point you're talking you're talking thousands of hours of of working out and and mastering what i do and i'm still not done i'm nowhere near done you know i've got i've got older guys that i look up to you know calais campbell um he was the walter payton man of the year um, for the NFL, he's he's like my big brother. You know, I, I text him, ask him for advice, this and that. You know, even for him, he's not done. You know, so it, it never it never ends. But at the end of the day, your habits are going to carry you to where you want to go. And we all come from humble places. We all come from these, you know, very average place. But what you do with yourself going forward is entirely in your hands. I think that yeah, that's a great piece of advice. 
Um, I really appreciate your time. This was one of the coolest podcasts I've, I've been able to do. Um, I really want to have you on again in the future. For and sure. uh, anything, any, any final words for the, the kids listening at home? Um, enjoy what you do. Just enjoy what you do. Uh, there's no other way about it. Um, enjoy life. Nothing's promised. Um, yeah, that's, that's about it. <laughs> well, this was another episode of Athletic Insights. Eli, thank you so much for your time. Thank you. We're out.